0: Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas. This is one radio network.com. Well, a very uh, pleasant good morning to you. How are you doing? Hope you're well. Good morning. Uh, How are
1: you, Patrick?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, good morning. We're gonna we're gonna talk to you in just a moment. I I thought I think you were thinking I you was know, speaking to you, but I'm going right to my listeners right now. So stay right there, Jancy. <laughs> That's all right. This, this system. Jancy, Oh, uh, who you just heard, nice lady. She's gonna be talking Hello. about some things that she has been working on. She's Director of Toxicology and Molecular Biology uh, Support Services. She holds a doctorate, PhD in Biochemistry and Molecular Biology from the University of Texas Graduate School of Biomedical Sciences. We're here live this morning. You'll meet uh, uh, jancy Lindsay, in just a second. It's December 14th, 2021, oneradionetwork.com. In a couple of hours, we're going to talk to a fellow. His specialty, two of them, is solar energy and aquaponics. So we're going to help you to learn how to uh, have your own fish farm and get off uh, and get off the grid. Uh, so I've been wanting to talk to him for a long time. Uh, and this whole solar idea is interesting and the technology is moving all the time. So we're going to talk about the best batteries, how you can do maybe just a little bit, just in case the grid goes down. We had this freeze apocalypse here in Texas last year, and if that happens again, it'd be great to be able to run your water pump, and that's what I'm looking to do, and just do the water pump in the fridge, and I'd be good to go. So, uh, so we're going to do that, too. So, stick around. If you'd like to join the show this morning, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com, or use the 800 number, 800-868-2646, 800-868-2646, what is that number? It's I've been so long. I got it now, 888-663-6386, oh my God, 888-663-6386, as I said, Dr. Jancy Lindsay, she's director of toxicology and molecular biology, and and, uh, and we're going to bring her on right now, Dr. Lindsay, thanks for being here, nice to see you, you're looking great
1: nice to see you too patrick let me move my camera yeah. a little bit i think i'm kind of losing you on your left side
0: that I'll get you more in the center there <laughs> okay well you look you're looking good you, you told me you got a little bit of a detox thing going on but thanks for coming on anyway and stepping up to the plate because we've been promoting you so how long have you been at this whole so, oh, toxicology molecular biology stuff long time
1: Oh, gosh, since the 90s. Uh, Yeah, it seems like just yesterday, but you know how time flies. Um, I've been doing this a long time. I haven't been doing it formally in litigation for as long because I used to work uh, in academia at the bench. Uh, I I was there for a long time, from the 90s um, all the way through 2006. And then I uh, went to work with a consulting company in the toxicology and mechanistic biology division Uh with a company called Exponent and uh, started doing formal toxicology uh, litigation related work and insurance related work, as well as uh, some research for some companies into the mechanism of action of, of their products.
0: I see. So you would go into court for either the defense or the the prosecutor and testify about some kind of that's, toxic. Yeah, that's thing? what I do. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's what I do for a living. I started my own company wow. in two thousand and nine. And that's very interesting. I do all types of toxicology uh work. So chemical exposure, drug and alcohol work. Um, you know, if your loved one is is uh, hit by a drunk driver then I might be involved in the litigation to help prosecute that person um, as I said also research into how chemicals are toxic how they work mm. uh, at the molecular level for companies to help them understand whether or not their products are toxic or not toxic or new formulations wow. might be
0: toxic or yeah. not toxic well we're, we're uh, around here excuse me, around, around here we're not much of a, we've been looking into the whole germ theory thing as I mentioned to you off air for a couple of years and we're not germ theory folks anymore. We don't think it's ever been proven, but we do believe it might be of interest to you uh, through the work of Lanka, Cowan, Kaufman, Melissa Sell and uh, Amanda Vollmer and Berlando and other people that um, the real cause of most diseases is chemicals poisons, ingest it in the body through the air or in the, you know, taken internally, which damages the, the tissues of the body. And then the body is trying to repair the damaged tissues and viruses go in there and they, da- they do this thing and we get the colds and flus, right? And we, we, we get detox. So that's the basic, um, paradigm that we're working with right now we believe this is accurate but you know it's uh, it's it's all work in progress so i think you're on track to try i out.
1: think that's yeah I, th- I think that's great that you are exploring um different ideas that are in the mainstream that's how science evolves yeah um, i'm not as familiar with those with those theories or hypotheses Um, But I am never one to say that I certainly know everything that's going on or that science is static because it's not.
0: Yes, ma'am. So let's get to these things they call vaccines, which we've been told by people they are technically, literally, lawfully not vaccines, uh, as uh, the law defines them, some kind of injectable things. You've been doing a lot of work with this. Bring us up to date, December 14, of what you know about these and You had alluded to me in an email that you think there's some more detrimental things possibly going on with reproduction and sterilization.
1: Yes, so uh, two things have happened on the reproductive front. One, a paper that seemed to uh, corroborate the earlier uh, pregnancy loss work uh, that was shown in the New England Journal of Medicine paper, which seemed to show uh, an extremely alarming rate of pregnancy loss for the time period examined, uh, came out with a retraction of their work. Uh, the Thornley paper, they came out with a retraction of their work. They had estimated that the pregnancy loss rates were seven to eight times higher than uh, they should have been for that time period. In the meantime, a couple other publications were published that said that they did not, one in Norway, and then uh, another Chinese study that said that they did not see a real increase as compared to pregnant women. I thought this, or uh, women who maintain their pregnancy. Um, and did not have the shot. Uh, I I thought this was really interesting because we don't see that borne out in the VAERS data. So at at the one time, Thornley was asked to retract because they they were accused of not using the proper denominator for the study. At the same time, we're seeing a curve that's going like this (laughs) in VAERS for the miscarriage data. And we know that's very underrepresented so, um, I, that's something we really need to get to the bottom of, and I and I think the way that we can do that best is to ask women to self-report into a system uh, that's outside of theirs to try to get a to try to get a handle, even if it's just in um, one city or one place or. Uh, that's something that, that we're going to try to do. And also for breastfeeding, for incidents of, of breastfeeding, adverse reaction. Uh, so that was just a, a little update there.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, let, let's tell the folks about VAERS and you can help. I, uh, the best I understand it, it's a self-reporting system actually run through the CDC, right? That it is, is it, That the mainstream it is, media does never talk about but it's and it's estimated that only about ten percent of the actual cases is is that historically changed? less than
1: one percent actually less than one percent. So Harvard did a study. The VAERS is a vaccine adverse event reporting system, and oddly enough, most doctors aren't even aware it exists. But uh, it's it's the CDC's. Passive reporting system uh, where doctors and healthcare professionals are supposed to report into the system if following a vaccine, their patients have any type of adverse reaction. Now, it's not up to them to determine if the adverse reaction is related to the vaccine. That's up to the, the CDC. They are just told to report into the system if they're... Um, if their patients have uh, an adverse reaction, they have a list of adverse reactions that would fall in, they believe would fall into a category of being uh, uh, related to uh-huh. vaccination. But it's become very, very difficult to report into the system during all this. And we know from whistleblowers at the CDC who have come out, they've said that they are not publishing all the death data as it relates to um, deaths from these genetic vaccines. Um, in 2007, Harvard applied for a grant and won a $7 million grant in order to redo the system and make it an active and passive system so that they were actively monitoring healthcare records uh, for People post vaccination and in putting that into the system at well to get a better handle on numbers. Uh, because when they applied for their grant, they estimated that less than 1% of all cases were being reported into the VAR system. Now, that was with one database present just. The CDC, mm-hmm. their system. We are told by uh, whistleblowers inside the CDC that there are now 11 other systems, so 12 altogether databases that are being reported into. Um, for the vaccine adverse events. So of course, if it used to be less than 1%, you can imagine with all these other databases that it could be even less than that. Nevertheless, we often say conservatively that uh, it's 10% and some have have even uh, said less than that. So uh, under reporting factor, Steve Kirsch has assigned and Dr. Jessica Rose have assigned an under reporting factor of 41. So anytime you have an adverse reaction in the, in the database, uh, they say it's appropriate to multiply it by 41.
0: Really? So do you, do you have the numbers handy of what the Vera's data show, just the one, and you say there's more than just the one, mm-hmm. of deaths from the, uh, after the vaccine, not proven from the vaccine, but reported after the vaccine?
1: So last week we were sitting at about twenty thousand. Wow. Um, the resource that I use—it's a—it's a, t- a couple days behind the actual VERS Wonder database, um, and that's www.openvers.com, open v a e r s dot The the scientists that that run that database have done a very good job in importing the VAERS wonder data into the various categories as they're assigned by the CDC and have made some really nice graphs for people to be able to see the differences in the adverse events from, um, I'm going to bring this up right now, uh, in the differences in the adverse events from these genetic vaccines as opposed to what we've seen in the past. I hope you can hear me okay. I can. I'm, yes. I'm
0: feeling you're, kind of you're fine. Foggy. No, you're fine.
1: Um. Okay. So, <clears throat> right now, it looks like we're sitting at. It's a very user friendly system uh, as well. Anybody can look. So, yeah, we're sitting at nineteen thousand eight hundred eighty six deaths through December third. This is been updated December 3rd. So it wasn't updated uh, last week. Okay. Uh, about 20,000. 20, so. About about 20,000, yeah. And we're at about 3,230 miscarriages now. When I first re- uh, spoke to the CDC, we were at about 100 miscarriages.
0: So wait a minute. So on uh, one there's yeah, report that you whistleblowers have said there's actually maybe 10 different databases. So if you would, mul- I just multiply 20,000 times 41, that's 820,000 potential right. deaths of, of after the injection, and we can multiply, th- well, 3,000 uh, pretty quickly here, 3,200 miscarriages um, times 41. Um, Excuse me. That's 131,000 miscarriages after this injection?
1: Potentially, by by estimates of underreporting. Yeah. That's correct. Of course, you also have to account for the factor, though, that the more serious, know, um, it's not an exact science, that the more serious adverse events would be more likely to be reported in the system. Something that I thought was particularly alarming was mm-hmm. the vaginal and uterine hemorrhage numbers uh, that we see. We've heard a lot about the shots uh, disrupting menses and I've had women personally report to me that were in menopause that came out of menopause after being in menopause for 10 years Um, we might have spoken about this the six-year-old child of of one of the uh, Hispanic outreach girls with one of the organizations I'm involved with who started her period after being in contact with a physical therapist that had just gotten uh, the shots
0: oh the shedding idea the shedding idea
1: Yes. So for vaginal and uterine hemorrhage, all ages were up to 6,976 cases that have been reported in diverse And for menstrual disorders, we're at 18,800 wow. cases reported into Uh Testicular pain and swelling, 1,277 cases have been reported into VAERS. Um and erectile dysfunction, 424 cases reported in NAVARES. So, that is quite an alarming number of these types of side effects. And it's something that I have not seen before reported uh, related to any of the other vaccines that have been used in the population. So, um, it's really quite alarming. And it's not something to be ignored. So, when they say it's safe to give these in pregnancy and safe for young children to receive these, uh, it's,
0: it's really not. Well, obviously, with those kind of numbers, Dr. Jancy Lindsay is with us, Director of Toxicology and Molecular Biology for Toxicology Support Services in the great state of Texas. So, um, uh, whoa. So, w- there's so many videos out there, as you know, Dr. Lindsay, about people looking into what's exactly in these things. And these mRNA um, from David Martin and uh, all kinds of people, <clears throat> and um, the graphene oxide and the graphene, You know, you probably have heard about this one. With the do you have you as a as a toxicologist, have you been able to determine if for sure, um, other than the various numbers, that there's something in here that are directly tied in with reproduction and sterility? with all of this lower chakra stuff going on, you know, testicles and periods and all of that.
1: So there are a few different explanations for that, Patrick. Um, One we know from the biodistribution studies for the mRNA vaccines, at least for Pfizer and Moderna, that they both go to the endocrine organs, uh, to the ovaries and the testes, uh, preferentially over some other areas Mm. and so that's going to distribute the message there once the message is there then those cells that are in those organs will start making the spike protein this is a spike protein that you're asking your body to then attack in an immunological manner so that is one way that you can set up um, an adverse reaction in reproductive tissue Another mechanism is that the spike protein shares homology to two proteins that we carry called syncytin-1 and syncytin-2 that are both involved in reproduction, embryogenesis, implantation of the embryo, um, and uh, many other many other functions. It's, they're also involved in different mental diseases, uh, bipolar disease and schizophrenia and autoimmune disease, lupus and and MS and in skeletal muscle fusion, so they don't just have reproductive function. Early on, Drs. Yeadon and Woodard postulated that there could be a cross-reaction to these proteins. Dr. Roxana Bruno from Argentina also postulated that this could happen. Um, And then Dr. Bill Gallagher, whom I was in touch with, had put out a virology blog where he showed how this could uh, happen. And while people were saying there wasn't enough homology, he showed very elegantly that at the beta sheet level, there was a lot of confirmation between the proteins, both SIN1 and syn 2 and uh, the spike protein. So uh, the, the Wuhan sequence of the spike protein. And that's what we're, we're asking our body to make.
0: So to back up uh, a minute, Doc, the, the idea, the basic concept of these mRNA things are to, create spike proteins in the body that then the body theoretically is supposed to go after and that would make the body immune to this alleged virus, correct?
1: Correct. But it was supposed to stay in the region of the arm or maybe just be carried The regional lymph nodes but unfortunately instead uh, they distributed all over the body into the brain so you've got now cells all over your body which are producing and displaying this spike protein in every organ of your body in the bone marrow and then your body uh, sees this as foreign and tries to attack it wow so,
0: and there's science as to a, show. a
1: Recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, am yeah. so, Excuse me for interrupting, but there's science to show, yeah. even from the manufacturers, that this thing just doesn't stay in the arm as advertised.
1: Oh, absolutely. So wow. that is both both from. The manufacturers, the Pfizer distribution study that was requested by the Japanese government, uh, that that was obtained through a FOIA request. And the other is the Moderna submission to the European Medicine Agency. Uh, and you can get both of them online. Anybody can look them up and, and you will see this data. Uh, it's around page 60 or so onward. Uh, they call the, they put their biodistribution in the pharmacokinetic section, Moderna does. And it also talks about the lymphocyte depletion. But before I get off the pregnancy part of, or reproductive part, I wanted to, um, to share that, you know, I worked on a contraceptive vaccine in the 90s. Uh, it was funded by the Rockefeller Foundation and the National Institutes of Health and the Mellon Foundation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't work. We had an un- unintended uh, response where there was ovarian destruction that was autoimmune immune-mediated that we did not predict. Um, And at the time, there were lots of groups working on all kinds of contraceptive vaccines. It's a big field because even at that time, there was a worry that there would be uh, overpopulation. So this this research was heavily funded. Um, In 2005, a paper came out that talked about exploiting women who went to IVF clinics, um, exploiting their antibodies to proteins to try to reverse engineer immunocontraceptives and immunosterility agents. So they, uh, this, these scientists were able to do this um, and they found that most of the antibodies that women who were unable to conceive had were to placental trophoblast proteins, uh, such as the syncytins, okay? So this technology was exploited. It was taken to market, well, well taken to patent by a company called AppleGen in Germany. And uh, anybody can look this patent up. Um, I don't have the number right in front of me, uh-huh. but, uh, but I can provide that to you or the paper to you. Uh, and uh, there were, I guess, about nine different peptide sequences that these scientists found could uh, cause sterility if they were...
0: That they were given. So, so what were they trying to do and what did you discover that they did do in, in, in English?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so they were women who go to IVF clinics. What's an IVF clinic? Oh, and, clinics, yeah, they're trying to get pregnant. In fertilization okay. Clinics okay. often have problems uh, carrying their own fetus because they have autoantibody reactions that prevent them from carrying a fetus okay all right so they took those women's uh serum and antibodies and reverse engineered what they were making antibodies to
0: okay
1: they found that they were making antibodies to most often their own placental and trophoblast proteins okay Mm -hmm. so that was keeping them from sustaining a pregnancy they were able to use those same peptide short protein regions to induce sterility in other animal models.
0: And so what happened to this research and why are we talking about it?
1: Because there was a lot of poo-pooing of... Uh, oh, the syncytins, nobody would exploit the syncytins or for contraception or uh, why would somebody do that? So the syncytins are placental trophoblast proteins. (laughs) And I was trying to illustrate that it is this very technology Ah. that has been exploited for sterility. Contraceptive purposes. So, saying that this is not something that would be of interest to anybody to do, or couldn't happen, or wouldn't be engineered, is frankly just incorrect.
0: And so, you're saying it's being done right now in these injections? Science.
1: This could have the same effect. Could have. Wow.
0: Well, those various numbers are really. Where did they come up? A listener just wanted to know. Who came up with this times forty one of VARES? Is that a reliable number? It's a good question. Yeah.
1: So as I said, I think I uh, Steve Kirsch and Dr. Jessica Rose came up with this underreporting factor, and the way that they did it was by an anaphylaxis surrogate. Now the University uh, Harvard used uh, similar similar surrogates to come up with their underreporting factor back in two thousand and seven when they uh, determined. An underreporting factor, and their underreporting factor was ninety nine, right, or over ninety nine. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> if they said less than one percent was being reported in the database at that time, um, the way that Dr. Rose and Steve Kirsch did it was by um, measuring the number of anaphylactic reports uh, that were re- that were recorded at the University of Chicago. I believe it was following vaccination using university of chicago's numbers and then comparing them to what was actually reported into the VAR system
0: i understand wow
1: and they found that there was a 41 times uh under reporting of those anaphylactic reactions that were rep- recorded by the university of chicago right after the shots were given So that is definitely something that has to be reported into the VAERS, should be reported in the VAERS system. And if that's not being reported by that factor then they estimated that many other things aren't. And then, of course, we have the whistleblower, um, Ms. Deb Conrad. She's a PA hospitalist from New York who came out and said that their system was set up to automatically um, record people as unvaccinated in the EPIC system, uh, which is a software system that I guess a lot of the hospitals use. Um, And also that uh, doctors were not reporting any of these cases and we've heard multiple people say that multiple nurses have come out uh, other doctors have come out saying that nobody's reporting these cases into the VIR system so it's not uh, it's not unique
0: so big picture the reporting by physicians is voluntary
1: no they're supposed they're to, supposed to. Uh, they're supposed to report adverse reactions into the VAERS system but they're never taught about it they have no resources to do this what should have happened is that all that money that was spent on advertising these vaccines if they wanted to keep a safe system a good portion of it you know the billions of dollars that went into advertising should have gone to staff every single hospital or clinic that uh, was was giving these shots with someone a dedicated person or for the area a dedicated person who could report all these cases into the VAR system that's how you would responsibly handle it instead Deb Conrad found herself working in her you know off hours um, reporting hundreds of cases into the VAR system because nobody was doing it Um, and she was getting called back by the CDC after patients had already left, uh, saying, "Oh no, we need a, a picture of the front and back of the vaccine card uh, in order for to give this fair person a number. The medical records aren't enough. Interesting. Um, wow.
0: uh, it,
1: uh, it, I mean it's just,
0: uh, yeah, it, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's dark. Dr. Jancy, Lindsay is with us, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We want to do a little break, and I, I have other questions day. for you, so you'd uh, please stay right there. Sure.
2: I spend a lot of time in the outdoors, but I do live in the temperate zone. Winter time means that we're just not getting adequate sunlight to produce enough vitamin D. Even if we went outside and exposed ourselves to the sun, there's just not enough UV because of the angle the sun is at. A lot of people live in urban environments where buildings effectively act like canyons, blocking sunlight. We wear a lot more clothing than ever before. And now with things like lockdowns, people are simply not spending as much time outside getting exposure to sun. So if you're not getting adequate vitamin D, you can end up with chronically low levels just like almost half of the American population. And that's pretty scary because vitamin D3 deficiency has been implicated in many forms of cancer and negative outcomes from things like flu and COVID. So it's really crucial that we keep our dietary vitamin D3 up and because a lot of the traditional foods like liver and other organ meats that we used to eat, that were rich in vitamin D3 are no longer really represented in our diet, we need some kind of high quality vitamin D3 supplement. That's why I love D3K2, Sir Thrival's Daylight Concentrate. It's naturally sourced vitamin D3 from sheep's lanolin and K2 from Japanese natto. That's the most natural supplement you're gonna find anywhere. And at 270 doses per bottle, this is an incredibly good value. Easy to take, just two drops a day, get one for you, Get one for your family members.
0: Very inexpensive. And you see those ingredients. Isn't that cool? That's what you wanted to get, some real natural, real food kind of things and a couple drops a day, and uh, you're, you're good to go. That is from Sir Thrival on our website. Look at for any Sir Thrival ad, oneradionetwork.com, Sir Thrival. You'll see the ads there in the store or on the, uh, the right-hand column. Click there. That's where you'll find the pine pollen, the elk velvet antler, the... Uh, um, whatever. I, I got them all here, man. This one, too. I really like this guy. This is from Sir Thrival. This is the Digestive Bitters. And you do a couple sprays of this uh, bad boy. Watch that. Oh, I'm out of it. I got another one downstairs. And uh, it's, it's good for uh, Digestive Bitters help digestion. It's a great company. The colostrum is there. Check it out. Let us know if we can help with information. Any Sir Thrival link, com. From time to time, and uh, well, if you have not, uh, um, let's let's say that you have ongoing kind of slow digestion, also known as constipation, and you've tried a lot of different things, and you take stuff to actually you know move the bowels, which is great, it works, but ongoing, uh, so you don't become dependent on some things like that. You want to get things working right now many people believe now more people are believing and i am that the right amount of oil good fat um, helps a dry colon which is pretty much one of the big causes of of constipation many people say well you just drink enough water and but the water does not lubricate the colon so without the right kind of oils uh your colon can get all dry and not happy, and have a hard time. Now, most of the oils, almost all of them out there, other than extra virgin olive oil, or extra virgin coconut oil, are just not good for you. I mean, you know, you can go in the health food store and pick up oil, well, whatever, I won't get into that. But these oils that we promote from Andrea Seed Oils are in Myron Glass. They're produced by a fellow who was an Olympic gold medal guy out of Germany and uh, they kind of destroyed his body using steroids, and, and he, 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 he almost died in hospital, and somebody made him fresh-pressed flax oil, brought it to him every day, and he made it out of there. It's a great story. Now, flax might not be the best thing every day for the rest of your life. It just has a lot of heavy omega-3s. However, uh, on short-term, flax is a nice one. Black cumin seed is an amazing, it's not a pufa, also the coriander seed oil, pumpkin seed oil, black uh, sesame seed oil, hemp seed oil. These are all made with the technology that this German fellow, and you know how these Germans are, they make BMWs and stuff. They're very cool. They're very uh, uh, very in, intricate uh, uh, thinkers about making things as best they can. Their consciousness about quality and uh, uh, almost all of the great technology in health uh, tools that you see out there that we've seen for years are all made in Germany. Anyway, he is such a mind that he created a system to uh, smash these seeds, even even milk thistle seeds, you know how small they are, with no friction and virtually no heat to make these oils pristine. That's what causes oils at the, at the natural food store, or I mean anywhere, like Western oil, which are very toxic, that's what causes them to be so detrimental to our health because they're, they're toxic, you know. They're just oxidized. And the heat and friction does that. That's where the whole cold-pressed idea came out years ago, but it doesn't mean anything. These are the most pristine oils on the planet, guaranteed. You can take, you know, buy four or five of these oils and take a teaspoon each uh, every day, and uh, lube up your body, and it'll help your joints to be happier. That's why uh, the joints get get uh, unhappy is they get, they just get you know dry. Uh, that's what it is. That's what arthritis is: is dry dry joints. Your skin will look better. Your hair, everything. These are amazing oils, Andreas seed oils on OneRadioNetwork.com. You just click and order. I think they still have a big sale going on. Uh, even if they don't, you know, get them because. You're gonna you're gonna want to have some of these babies in your kitchen from the hill country in Texas this is one radio network.com we are talking with a very interesting lady thanks so much for coming on the show dr. jancy Lindsay so let me ask you this so you you've spent a lot of time in courtrooms trying to prove this or that for either the sometimes for the prosecutor or the defense right depending on Correct. Yeah, depending on what the case depending is. Depending on the case. And it, I just love courtroom dramas. They're my fave. And you know, these guys can get you to a, to say the right thing if they ask the right questions, right? That's what they do.
1: Sure. There's a certain amount of um, uh, technique to to the direction of the questions. Yes, ma'am. You know?
0: So let me ask you this. and Now, this is just in your opinion, and it's totally an opinion, and you don't know for sure, but... If a good court if a good attorney brought you into court today, would there be enough evidence to prove to a jury of your peers that these injections are killing people
1: Yes, absolutely whoa absolutely and this is what I try to do uh every day in fact every day since uh since I learned even before the shots were rolled out what I've been trying to do every day because I knew that the evidence already existed that they were harmful and could be potentially um both lethal and cause a lot of other long-term problems because it was already in the scientific literature that was out before the shots ever came out and then of course we didn't have any long-term data and then I knew what had happened previously in previous years when they tried to develop this type of technology and there were serious adverse reactions so uh there's no question. Uh, wow, to me, wow. and I'm involved in some of the litigation that's going on as well. I am. Yeah, I am. And I wanted to correct something. It was not the University of Chicago uh, that Steve Kirsch and Jessica Rose had had used as a surrogate. It was the um, it was Brigham. It was a Brigham Young study. Um, and let me uh, cite that study. No, it was Blumen excuse me blumenthal mass general brigham study that was published in JAMA, and i want to tell your listeners if they just and i can provide this link too if they just go to under reporting factor and steve curve they'll find this very elegant explanation of the under reporting factor but he quotes the the harvard study which is called the lazarus report and says although quote although 25 percent of ambulatory patients experienced an adverse drug event Less than 0.3% of all adverse drug events and 1 to 13% of serious events are reported to the FDA. Likewise, fewer than 1% of vaccine adverse events are reported. Low reporting rates preclude or slow the identification of problem drugs and vaccines that endanger Public health, and then another paper, the Baker paper um, on advanced clinical decision support for vaccine adverse event detection and reporting, showed that the odds of a VAERS report submission during the implementation <coughs> implementation period were 30.2. In other words, the VAERS underreporting factor was at least 30, with the lower bounds at 9.5 and the upper bounds at 95 percent My underreporting.
0: Goodness. My goodness. What was that website again? Was it OpenVAERS that people can look at?
1: It's www.openvaers.com, and it has several different categories that you can explore. They've already put things into graphs. They've put the data into graphs heart attacks myocarditis you can see that there is a dose dependent increase in myocarditis especially for children you would think it should be for uh, for adults over children but no for children there is a dose dependent increase which is more than you know if you look at the graphs more than 5 times higher than it is for any other age category that means that our children are more at risk for heart damage from these shots than even adults are We we are killing our children, seven, eight, and nine-year-olds having heart attacks. And the the media is trying to say, oh, this is normal. Kids have heart attacks, too. That is the biggest bunch of BS I have ever heard. And it is disgusting for them to spread such propaganda. There's also no such thing as mild mild, myocarditis. Absolutely not. That is also a bunch of BS. Um, Kids should not be getting inflammation of the heart. Uh, there was a study done that showed that there's a 50%. Mayo Clinic did a study, 50% survival rate in five years for patients diagnosed with myocarditis. Now that's for adults because kids shouldn't be getting myocarditis. But how long do these kids have to live with this with this uh, heart scarring? Uh, I don't know what what parents are thinking. Thankfully, Dr. Malone came on yesterday, just yeah. yesterday, and read a very nice piece about, you know, please begging parents not to immunize their children with these vaccines, saying that it will cause uh, brain damage, it will cause heart damage, it will cause permanent damage to your immune system, and that there is no reason to do this.
0: And there are some states... developed
1: the technology. Yeah. And
0: there are some states today that are mandating... Uh, that uh, they give the kids these things to get into school. That's right. Cal- That's right. California New, York and and other California. Co- New York and California.
1: Yeah, and who bears the responsibility for that? They're not going to pay. These are still emergency use under emergency youth authorization. I want people to understand that there is no recourse for you as a parent if your child is vaccine injured to get any compensation for this everybody's been uh, let off the hook so there's no nowhere to go because they're not fully approved they're telling you they're fully approved but they're not they're still under emergency use authorization they've done a clever uh, business of switching the names and that name switching the natty, which isn't available for the pfizer allows them if it's not approved they can't be sued so uh, you need to understand this and uh, know that there is litigation that is ongoing about this and that you you will have no recourse if your child is injured just like all these parents that went to that went to congress uh and the senate begging begging them to to see their vaccine injuries they they have nothing there's nothing that can be done yes, no, ma'am. no one's going to compensate them so
0: that thing that happened a couple months ago Oh, it's been approved, right? That was that was a lie.
1: That was theater. No, that was uh, sophisticated uh, legal maneuvering in order to get them. If it is fully approved, and they know that it will cause harm, then they are legally liable for that harm. They aren't covered by the Vaccine uh, Injury Act, which was set in the 80s. It only covers them if they are not aware. So by doing this legal maneuvering and saying that Comirnaty was approved, but Comirnaty is not available and instead using Pfizer, which uh, was not approved they get around the legal ins and outs uh, is my understanding of being held liable for any vaccine injury
0: so if oh i understand so what happened it was during they will never
1: formally approve this
0: right so what happened i think it was very in reagan maybe they did some kind of Mm -hmm. act that that left the uh, manufacturers uh not liable correct
1: Correct. They were complaining that they were getting too many uh, lawsuits and they couldn't afford to produce vaccines. Now, of course, they they produce vaccines all over the world in other countries that do not shield them from liability. They still manage to produce vaccines for them. It's just the vaccines are different from the for those countries because those countries hold them accountable. And that should make everybody extremely, extremely upset. The taxpayers pay for vaccine injuries. And the manufacturers don't. Can you imagine buying a car from a manufacturer that bore no liability for any of the parts of that car should you get in an accident? Do you think they're going to cut corners? Do you think they're uh, not going to do the experiments they need to do? Why should they? They're not liable for any damage that happens. You must think about this. Uh, Use your brain. this is something we immediately have to reverse. They must be held liable for any injuries that happen. That's how you get a better product. That's how you force a better product. Yeah.
0: Uh, Supreme Court decision yesterday, um, they upheld the the mandate in New York for healthcare workers to get this injection. It seemed that, yeah, Yeah. it seemed that uh, uh, Justice Barrett and Kavanaugh you know, went over to the dark side and joined uh, the globalist uh, liberals, and 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 I I don't know what's you know if we don't have the Supreme Court, I mean, what do we got here?
1: Well, you know, I uh, this is I believe as much of a spiritual war as it is a uh, a war on other fronts.
0: Yes, ma'am.
1: And we must put our faith in God and hope that he lifts the veil off of some of the people that just can't see what's going on uh, so that they can rise up and and stop this. There's nobody else that's going to stop this. The CDC and the FDA have been compromised. The government, uh, if you don't know now, uh, the government to a large extent, of course, has been compromised. And the military has been compromised. So, I mean, what military general would force vaccinate his troops with a Chinese co-developed vaccine uh, for a Chinese co-developed virus and put his troops at risk with an experimental shot. It, it just, yeah. that of course makes zero sense in terms of national security. So, so what do you do when, uh, when all these agencies are Compromised as I believe they are.
0: Yes, ma'am.
1: Uh, you try to go to the courts, and then and then you try to, you have to resist. You have to not comply. Do not wear masks. Do not do not take these shots. Do not allow your kids to get these shots. Pull your kids out of school if they mandate it, and don't comply. It is the only way out of this. If we don't comply, if we ignore these statutes, if we throw these school boards out that are that are behaving inappropriately and don't know what they're talking about with respect to science. Um, you know, the same thing for our for our politicians. Uh, if it takes dragging them out uh, of, of the buildings they're in, then, then that's what's going to have to happen.
0: It, some people believe it may come to that, you know, because there's a lot of people that are agreeing what you're hearing. Somebody put a, a little post on our, uh, see if I can find it here, on our social media platform. Uh, this is interesting. She says, really confused by all the unmask oh. our children signs the state isn't masking your kid you are so stop it it's very interesting isn't yeah. it i mean that's what's going on yeah. that's what's going on they can't mandate
1: right so people are people are confused by the science that's coming out or the <laughs> the bastardization of science is coming out, all you have to do is go back to to a 2006 report on pandemic preparedness and majors that work and don't work. And I can send that to you and and read through that document and see what it says about masking and and, um, masks. There are so many studies that are available on the WHO website, as well as the CDC website, which say that masking doesn't work at all. So um, for, for 20 years, masking didn't work to stop respiratory viruses, but this year, a study came out saying that miraculously uh, they do you know even if they're cloth masks even if they're bula masks even if they're come on people use your brains um you have to be uh, fit tested for certain respirators in order to keep particles that size from from entering these things don't stop a virus of that size not at all in fact they found an association between masking and and worse prognosis in terms of uh, both getting COVID and other infections. So don't mask yourself. You just create a state of hypercapnia and that's too much uh, carbon dioxide, which uh, negatively affects your body's pH and your enzymes don't work properly in a poor pH. You know, we hear all about alkaline water and things like that. You don't want to acidify your environment uh, through hypercapnia. So don't, don't wear a mask. You don't need it. You need to prime your immune system anyway. You need to have things that, um, you know, viruses and bacteria and pollens and all kinds of things that come in through your nose and your mouth and, Body and hang on and occupy space to compete out the other uh, bad uh, bacteria and, and viruses that you may come into contact with.
0: We're talking with Jancy Lindsay. She's a PhD and she uh, has been doing this kind of work for a very long time. Uh, director of Toxicology and Molecular Biology for Toxicology Support Services, LLC. Testified in a lot of court cases uh, over the years. On. So, and you may not be able to answer this or if there's ongoing litigation or you've been asked to, do you know of any real authentic court cases, suits in the works that can, could actually stop some of this and who are they suing?
1: So, Erin um, Sari and Tom Renz are two sure. attorneys that have uh, litigation that is probably the highest profile and the most public. They, they both have spoken about these lawsuits, so I feel free to echo the lawsuits Good. that they already have in place. And I would encourage your listeners to look up Tom Renz, R-E-N-Z, And then Aaron, A A R O N, Siri, uh, S I R I, and look at the lawsuits there. They have uh, sued the FDA, the CDC, um, uh, Fauci, uh, the National Institutes of Health, I believe, and NIAID. um, And then I know that uh, Palm. Paul Martin Dr. Martin Dr. Martin is working yes um, is working with some attorneys on the patents that were uh, that predated um, yeah. of
0: course the he's a, the viral
1: he's a pandemic. smart guy
0: we we talked to him on the air and seen his videos oh, David
1: Martin I'm sorry David, David, Martin. David Martin yeah he's
0: an amazing guy yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's a wonderful speaker and um, I would love to have a chance to meet him yeah. at some point. But I would encourage your readers to also look up David Martin's work because he goes through very, very, in you know, a detailed manner, all of the patents that were around this that were put into place, you know, sometimes uh, 15 years before any of this happened. And how would they know to patent, you know, the PCR test for yeah. for all this or or patent uh, different um, viruses or vaccines, you know, so long ago for this particular thing.
0: We've had the pleasure of talking with Tony Wren several times. Have you met him or contact with him? Mm -hmm.
1: I'm in contact with him quite a bit, but I've never met him personally. No, I'm uh, so Michael Hamilton, who works with Tom Renz. uh, I have met a couple times. We've spoken at a couple events together. We just spoke at an an event for our faith leaders in Houston. Uh, I, you know, with the rabbinical court, a bunch of us testified uh, as Christians to the rabbinical court Mm. on two different occasions, both to Israel in July and to New York here in um just a a couple months ago and the result of that was that they came out with an edict banning the shot in their orthodox community and i said why aren't we doing this why aren't we making our pastors and our ministers aware of the dangers of these shots because they're telling people that jesus want you to, and and that's just really uh, amazing it's alarming and having these pop-up clinics at the churches and i don't think that they understand their potential liability there and that they that this really is not something um that that uh, i believe god or jesus uh, or, or any any
0: spiritual um, leader would do
1: any spiritual uh, enemy yeah. that was good would want uh, for their yeah. people
0: well you know if uh there just may not be a political or a judicial s- solution to this if if it's all swampy, Doc, and it may come down to the people just not complying. This may be where we're Yeah, I always at.
1: advocate for peaceful, yeah, for peaceful, um, peaceful protests. Uh, at the same time. Peaceful protest can include showing up at these people's houses and uh, protesting in front of their homes and making their life as difficult as they are making other people's lives in their, in their uh, edicts basically because that's what has happened we've been put into a false state of emergency for this virus with you know which is less lethal than the flu and we're not treating it so that's creating a false increase in deaths we have effective treatments that are that are being banned and these people are supporting us staying in this false state of emergency where they get to act like tyrants instead of uh, representing us as they should be
0: yes ma'am has uh, has this changed your whole outlook on toxicology, the truth, government in the last 2 or 3 years? It sounds like it has cuz looking at your bio it seems like you've come you've made some real changes in your outlook. No? Yes.
1: Well, I've always been someone who is very open to considering all the possibilities and thinking logically, I've never been a follower. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been sought out because of the way that I think a little bit differently in, in terms of helping people understand their particular cases or, or when you don't adhere to a certain paradigm, your mind is open to explore other potential possibilities. So, uh what's going on now has changed my view probably the most on allopathic versus natural medicines. I just frankly was not familiar with a lot of the alternative mm-hmm. uh, medical techniques or anything about them. I'd worked in allopathic medicine for a very long time. I was thrilled to see doctors, naturopaths, and allopaths talking to each other on the AFLDS channel and sharing their knowledge. Uh, I it's a beautiful thing, and some of them have even gone into practice together or given each other advice on how to treat. Oh. This is wonderful. I, I wish people could see this, uh, this coming together of these two disciplines and them really sharing an appreciation for each other, um, but really the allopath sharing an appreciation for a practice that they didn't know much about and had frankly um, not perhaps thought very well of or or they learned how much the nature naturopaths did know so me as well for me as well i also learned a lot Um, and i'm very thankful for that because now i'm more likely to turn to those types of natural remedies uh, rather than go to antibiotics or go to uh, some of the other things that i would have used yes ma'am i was just looking at your your oil commercial and thinking oh i need to get, yeah, some, get black some of them yeah. i know i know that that is effective against a lot of viruses so uh, i'm definitely going to order some of yeah. that the
0: black cumin mm-hmm. seed if you look at duck duck go oh, that baby i mean it's been used for since mm-hmm. the beginning of time for all kinds of things from ulcers to mm-hmm. stomach issues to infections all kinds of things yeah it's a, well, just it.
1: like HCQ, right? Yeah, just sure. like the Kantoa tree yeah. and
0: hydroxychloroquine. And, and even the <laughs> ivermectin, I, I think, personally, I think yeah. it's helped so many people, not because of a particular virus, because a lot of people have parasites, and that's what ivermectin does. We, we interviewed a lady <laughs> 10 years ago who was working with autistic kids in Mexico, and she was giving them ivermectin 10 years ago because she believed that the parasites were one of the key <laughs> things to the autistic behavior. Interesting. Ten years ago.
1: Well, you know, there. It's also um, ivermectin has so many different modes of action, and I'm I'm writing a long report. One of our doctors was fired for trying to treat his patients with ivermectin. Mm. Um, I say one of the doctors in the in the group, and uh, so I was writing a a letter in support of him, and a lot of other doctors and scientists are going to stand behind this, and I was writing a long report contrasting remdesivir with ivermectin course, ivermectin is second on the NIH list of treatments for, for COVID, yet it's being banned. Um, remdesivir, was only uh, really, they used two studies to, to promote it. use, but only one of those studies uh, uh, was finished at the time that it, that it got emergency use authorization. And ivermectin is very safe, but it's an anti-inflammatory as well, Patrick. Yes, ma'am. Um, so that could be some of the way that it modulates things help, in autism because in of inflammatory better. gut reactions, right? Yes, ma'am. And, uh, yeah,
0: the autistic um, people think that the gut is really the issue yeah. uh, for the kids, you know.
1: Your gut's your largest uh, immune organ in your entire body. You have more going on with your gut. You have to keep your gut healthy uh, in order to have a functioning immune system. We absolutely know this. Um, And some of the new technology, which sounds a little bit gross, is working great. The fecal transplant. Uh, in patients who have really good gut microbiomes, um, the bacteria that are healthy, they're transferring them into family members that um, that have poor gut health. has has worked really well. So you
0: mentioned the remdesivir. We we talked to Dr. Artis, and I've seen other videos. Very interesting mm-hmm. fellow, and he he claims this remdesivir is causing kidney failure. Which is in filling oh, up the lungs oh, and then they're putting the people on yeah. on uh, these ventilators and they're, they're going to heaven.
1: Yeah, so I'm a pulmonary toxicologist as well. My wow. All my graduate thesis work was in pulmonary toxicology, asthma, COPD, mouse models of pulmonary fibrosis and treating them in asthma. And yeah, she would never use something that stressed the kidney and um, caused pulmonary edema and a respiratory infection, and that's what's happening. And then, nef- nephrotoxicity, it's uh, is well known. Uh, it has to do also with an oligosaccharide, with a with a sugar in the formulation, um, a carbohydrate called SBCD or SBCD um, that's in the. Uh, the remdesivir formulation it by itself causes both liver and kidney toxicity wow. right and and i wrote that up in in my report as well um in fact they saw an alarming amount of it was a safety signal that was noticed in a pharmacovigilance report early on and the who recommends against the use of remdesivir. Did, did you know that?
0: No, I didn't. the World
1: Health Organization, not that I think they're any beacon of hope in life, <laughs> but they they <laughs> they recommended against the use of remdesivir as early as november 2020 they say do not use this in covid patients there is no there now their basis is that there is absolutely no uh, proof that it's uh, efficacious right. against covid at all and in fact a lot of the studies show that it worsens the infection and uh, early studies showed this. And Ebola, the same thing. They stopped the issues in the Ebola trial uh, before the Ebola trial was finished. They they stopped uh, diverting patients into that treatment group because they had so many deaths. Really? 53% of the patients in the Ebola trial uh, died. Um, who were on remdesivir and those numbers were much 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 less um you can you can look this up uh you can look up the ebola trials with remdesivir you can look up the graphs and you can see that uh remdesivir caused the highest numbers of deaths in that trial and that was one of the studies that they used to to decide to use it in in covid patients it's just my goodness yeah
0: it's like hard to understand isn't it spiritually emotionally psychologically uh, you know in our culture it's just
1: corruptness it's 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 frank corruptness it's It's the pharmaceutical companies buying out everybody and you know being in league with with government officials that that want to be a part of this great reset and one world communist
0: yeah yes ma'am and People
1: must see this. It's right in front of your eyes. They're talking about it openly. Go to the WEF website, look at their materials. You know, look at the 2030. In 2030, you'll be happy. You'll own nothing. Um, (laughs) You know, you'll eat meat as an occasional treat. You know, for all the vegetarians, they're probably singing, Hallelujah. You know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) no more meat. We're going to go. At the same time,
1: there are some of us who really enjoy a steak.
0: Yep. we're going to give you soil and green. We're going to give you soil and green grown by Bill Gates in his in his farms. You know, it's just
1: now You they, laugh about that, but they are using, they are digesting bodies, and they are are repurposing yeah. the water as protein too. So, soil and green is not uh, is no longer myth.
0: <laughs> it's a fact. It's, it's you mentioned A L A F L D S, Doctor Jancy What is that?
1: that's the american frontline doctors ah. um i'm in on their i'm in on their chat i'm one of their citizen scientist uh collaborators and uh Good in on the
0: doctor chat group is that uh and carrie Made so, and others she's in that one carrie Made?
1: um no? no this is simone gold ah. and, yeah. her, and her in her group uh, and the doctors that have that have come in under her a lot of wonderful doctors uh, we've got some scientists in the group now, and um, just to really-
0: you know, on the on the bright side, when we, you know, the sun will come up tomorrow, right? And God is cool, right? So, um, on the bright side, there's so many things surfacing, right? Even with the Supreme Court, obviously swampy. I mean, you have a mm-hmm. fellow like uh, Joe Rogan. I don't think I've ever seen his show, but I've heard these guys one of the most popular talk shows on the planet today and he had um who's the fellow from uh, dallas um you know i don't know the name oh peter mccullough dr peter Do- mccullough yeah dr peter yeah. mccullough on which was yeah wild. so i yeah.
1: talked to him quite a bit yeah uh, uh, he's
0: yeah he's cool he's great yeah so things are coming out i mean uh i don't know how much longer they can be able to keep all this under the covers
1: I hope that that's true, but I think that some people have doubled down on the other side of this. Yes, ma'am. Um, look at the FDA. They went from at first in uh, Aaron series lawsuit. Uh, Uh, he asked for a bunch of material uh, to be divulged by the fda like what did you base your approval on we want to see the raw clinical studies you said you were going to be transparent we want to see the actual data from the actual studies and see what you reviewed before you gave approval yes ma'am the fda came back and said uh no i'm sorry uh we're going to ask the judge to seal this for 55 years. I saw that. Well, so then Aaron <laughs> Thierry came years. back again and said, no, you can't, no, you're not going to do this. You're going to be transparent. Then they went to the judge and asked it to be sealed for 75 years. I mean, come on. What kind of idiot doesn't get that the FDA asking to seal the records of the actual experiments that were done in real patients with their in experimental gene therapy should not be hidden for 55 or 75 years if they are confident that they have nothing to hide use your brain people wake up and use your brain I don't mean to be insensitive but the amount of stupidity that I see or have seen throughout this whole thing with people virtue signaling Uh, Wearing masks outside, uh, putting masks on their dogs, uh, putting masks on their kids, even though we know that kids do not spread the disease and actually help attenuate the virus. The best thing you can do is be around a kid. uh, If you're a grandparent and and you're uh, worried about this disease, you don't want to get the kid vaccinated so that they spawn a mutant variant and then get grandma and grandpa sick with something that's really a problem. Um. I
0: just, it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem, you know, right? It's just, there are many souls that are just too frightened to look for the truth and they get all of their information from the news and they believe that people in government and either local or state or federal have the authority to tell you to put on a mask, for example, and they don't. And I I would argue with all the evidence on just the simple masking of their danger, as you alluded to, and their ineffectiveness that anybody that wears a mask is part of the problem. You're just you're just acquiescing to 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 fear, you know, and it's, it's the
1: same thing with people that get these shots because they just don't want to bother with. Sure. Oh, I just want to be able to travel. Oh, I just I don't want to have to test. Get an attorney, get together with 20 or 30 other people, get an attorney and sue, and sue these people. Um, there's, there's nothing to base. The PCR tests are faulty. The CDC has said so themselves, said they'll replace them in January. How can you mandate faulty PCR testing on someone and say that it, it can tell whether or not they have an infection if it's faulty mm. um, how can you mandate a shot for a leaky vaccine which allows you to still get the infection and spread the infection you, you can't make two classes of people based on um, people largely being able to get the virus. The only thing that they ever applied for with these vaccines was to lessen the severity of infection. They knew from the beginning, it was a leaky vaccine. It's to lessen the severity of infection. That's it, it's a treatment people. It does not prevent you from getting COVID. It does not prevent you from spreading COVID it ostensibly lessens the severity of infection. Now, I would argue that that could be true in the beginning. It could. Um, It could lessen the severity of infection. But then what happens later is a condition called antibody-dependent enhancement, where the antibodies that once protected you from having a severe infection are now allowing the virus to enter your cells more readily. And now you're in a state, uh, as the animals were, in all these experiments that were done previously on coronavirus vaccines, where the animals got sicker and even died uh, once they were exposed to the virus again because of antibody-dependent enhancement. That's where people are sitting now in Dr. other countries. Dr. Lindsay, is there,
0: the is there any way, in your opinion, and you've been at this a long time in toxicology and molecular biology, and you know about these PCR tests and even Kerry Mullis, the Nobel Prize winner mm-hmm. who invented it, says that these things are mm-hmm. don't work, Is there any possible way you could see that these things as they stand today could detect some new variant called an Omicron that's being sold to people today? Is there any way that could be even true?
1: So uh, a better way to do this is through Sanger sequencing, which is more accurate. Um, And Dr. Sinley has set up a system to do this. They can check for different viral variant sequences. They absolutely can. Um, You can make PCR sophisticated enough through a number of primers using several different primer sets to cross check your work. However, it's still susceptible to a false positive because you can have little pieces of the virus still present from other infections or a previous infection. That is not um, active. That isn't alive. (laughs) That isn't reproducing. That will still show up as a positive. That's the real problem. And especially when you increase the amplification cycles, you're taking a little piece of something that's not even there, and just ramping it up. And that's looked at as a positive. That's that that is not infection. Um, If someone has symptoms of infection, they have a fever and such and they are also positive at a low cycle threshold then the chances are much more likely of course that they actually have uh the viral infection Um, they have to send off the way that they're telling if people have omicron is on the population level they're not doing individual samples
0: Um, and, um, and to think doc excuse me but to think that these people are organized and smart enough and the intention enough to a month and a half ago changed all the pcr tests as you say to identify something called omicron is just absurd you know they didn't do it they, they just didn't
1: i you know i can't i can't go i can't i can't agree with you there okay. on that one right. um it's very simple to change the primer sets uh yeah it's okay. very it's very simple to do that. Su- super simple to do that But people need to understand that they're not sending off every sample for Omicron testing. They do population-wide testing, and then they back it up with Sanger sequencing, which is more accurate. So they take a sample or two or three from the population, a wide population of people. They send that off, and then they multiply it by an underreporting factor, right? So that's how they come up with these numbers. Wow. Wow. right to come up with the numbers so right now we're sitting at about 99 percent delta which um is the the new newer variant that took over and it took over because of people being vaccinated with the the original uh wuhan variant variant um or i say variant was engineered so it's obviously a variant as well um hmm.
0: so that's where the delta came from was the vaccines mm-hmm.
1: Oh absolutely. Wow. Yeah, when you when you vaccinate against a small epitope region and the vaccine is leaky and you don't prevent the infection, then the virus will mutate to escape that person's immune system and so it will vary the region, it will flip around the proteins in the region that they're immunized to in order to escape. And once it does that, then it becomes a variant. And that's why if you look at any of the phylogenetic maps, which are, they're really, um, there's some really great uh, maps that show that the variants first emerged following the clinical studies in all of these different countries. Yes, and. People say, oh, no, the variants didn't come from the vaccinated because they came about before uh, the vaccines were rolled out. As if they're too stupid to figure out that these things were trialed uh, before they actually rolled the vaccines out and that each of these variants came from the countries where they trialed the vaccines. I mean, this is easy, easy to look up and figure out but these journalists are out there saying there's no connection to sure. the vaccination and the variants even though the variants did not emerge until the clinical trial started okay. uh, back to the omicron
0: uh, for a minute before we go but is it fair to say an, though if they no are, big deal. if they're doing a pcr omicron test at a circulation mm-hmm. threshold of 45 mm-hmm. it's bogus anyway right
1: Right. As, as, as would it be for anything. Yes. It doesn't matter what virus, what, what they're looking at. At 45, 45, whatever you pick up is likely to be nonspecific. And if you had another coronavirus uh, in the past, you still had antigen. There's, there's a, a coronavirus going around right now. I have it. My daughter has it. Hmm. It's not uh, SARS-CoV-2. It's another seasonal coronavirus. And all the kids at school have it. And then the flu is going. A flu A is going around so um, they've already said that uh, you can have cross-reaction with flu antigens in the pcr test at at high cycle thresholds so don't 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 be worried about this it's cold and flu season you know keep yourself keep your immune system prime take zinc take vitamin c um stay healthy take take your vitamin d and uh, don't Mm -hmm. don't stress about it Um, if you do have COVID or you have symptoms of COVID. You know um we have doctors that can help get you prescriptions for medicines that will help so um i can you know my phone number is eight three two six four six thirteen seventy eight if you get eight three two six four six thirteen seventy eight if you get uh covet or a family member has covet please call me i'll put you in touch with a doctor that oh. can get you uh, medications right away so that you don't have to worry um, you don't have to worry about not being treated.
0: Well, that's very generous of you. Thanks for doing that. Well, yeah. here we are on the earth plane just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. So I appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Oh, oh not a big deal either. Nice. It's it's really not. It, yeah.
0: it It's yeah, just a new it's one. It's 10
1: right? times less able to bind to the ACE receptor, and it's uh, the transmissibility transmissibility factor is 3.9 times less than delta yeah
0: it's just it's just the new and improved and there'll be another one after this one probably
1: (laughs) that's right i think it was uh and i hated to hear him say this tillman Fertita, uh that came that has all the the landry's restaurants all the you know that's popular here in texas right um, he was he was the one who said something that I thought was so bizarre. He said, oh, we're only on Delta. And you know, we have the rest of the alphabet to go to before we're done with this. <laughs> and I thought, wow, he must be a soothsayer. He, he really, uh, to know that we would have to go through the whole alphabet before we were going to be done with
0: this. Yeah.
1: That's thats really interesting how Mr. Pertitta knows this.
0: <laughs> oh, he's a smart guy. Well, to me, for me, my dear, I, I think it's just a wonderful thing. It's just spirit's way of of asking us all to wake up and smell the coffee. I really think that that's what this is about. I really do. And which you know, it can always get messy, right? Like, what's the old saying when you're making an omelet? You know, you break some eggs or whatever.
1: Yeah, I do hope that it causes an awakening in people and a realization that that, uh, there are things, no matter how much, we try to show the data as well. As scientists, we're also being arrogant in ignoring the spiritual side of things and thinking you can separate the spiritual side of things from the scientific side of things. They're not meant to be separated, and maybe that's why it's hard to open people's
0: eyes. And there's just no way that we'll ever be able to determine how... The effect of a fear of something has on people in the last two years. You could create anything if you're afraid of it. You can create all kinds of symptoms. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about that. No doubt about it. As a way to. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And there's also the the people will not believe, people have a hesitancy to believe that other people could commit. Painous acts Yes, ma'am. they just won't believe it just like they have a difficult time believing that their government could be corrupt yeah. um it's worse over here in other countries they're more likely to believe their government is corrupt because they've they've had more experience with that here in the u.s it is very difficult to uh, get some people to believe that we could have a corrupted government
0: yes ma'am mm-hmm. well we're learning a lot of things things are coming up above yes. dr land uh uh uh, Jancy uh, um, Lancy Lindsay, thank you so much. Your name has really kind of confused me sometimes when I look at it. Jancy Lindsay,
1: first name, first name, right? <laughs> That's
0: right. It's like, well, okay, <laughs> everybody uh, wants you.
1: to call me Lindsay.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Your website no is toxicology support.com, right?
1: Yes, www.toxicologysupport.com support.com um and please you know tell tell your listeners to reach out to me if i can be of any help uh to any of you um i still work for a living full time but i've also put this uh put this in my extra hours to be able to be be there and help people Uh, i really feel strongly about it
0: that's why we're here right to do what we can to help others i mean what else are we here that's right all right my dear thank you you take care of yourself have a nice holiday
1: You as well patrick
0: Yeah, it's been Merry an honor. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Mm-hmm. Thank Bye. you. Bye.
1: Thank you. Wow.
0: Man, she's cool, huh? Uh, it's just Ooh. great, boy. What's going on? Well, that was fun. Hmm. Well, what we're going to do here, we are uh, with you on December 14th, 2021, OneRadioNetwork.com. We're gonna regroup here, have a glass of orange juice maybe, and in about 25 minutes be joined by Bob Anderson. And Bob, he's an interesting fellow. He uh, is um, very much into um, solar energy and aquaponics. See, we can have our own little fishies and get off the grid at the same time. I have a lot of questions about both, and I hope you do. So uh, stick around on the front page here we may find a little quick video to sneak in uh, during the 50, 30 minutes. maybe But uh, be back here on audio and video at noon central time. Tomorrow, we have a couple of uh, good guests for you. Uh, Brandon Smith. He has written extensively about uh, this collectivism, socialism, the millennials, and what's going on. And he's got some interesting theories of why uh, so many people are caught up in the matrix of, of uh, whatever it is. And then also we're going to be visited tomorrow again by Richard Proctor, who is a constitutional authority. Uh, he has a book called Understanding the Constitution. And I'm going to ask him, well, how is it possible that the Supreme Court could even rule yesterday that vaccine mandates in New York State for healthcare workers, is cool to do with the fourth amendment. How is that even possible? And we'll talk more about the mandates and your freedoms with uh, Richard Proctor, constitutional authority, tomorrow. So we have another two great guests for you tomorrow. OneRadioNetwork.com. Thanks for your ongoing support. Don't forget we have uh, some cool things going on on Telegram, and you can join our Telegram channel. Uh, you'll see a link there at the front, uh, top front page of One Radio Network. It's uncensored. Have a lot of fun people where you can hang out, get to know some people. Uh, not too many snarky. Every now and then somebody gets snarky and we we tell them to behave. But other than that, it's uh, some really interesting things that people post. Also, BitChute uh, have all of our videos on BitChute. And you can see the link top of One Radio Network. Click on that puppy and uh, subscribe and click that little bell and you'll be notified every time we put up a new uh, video. We have over 3,000 audio podcasts over the last 14 years on one radio network. They're all right there. You can use our search function and find all kinds of stuff. Just put in somebody's name or an issue like thyroid or cleansing and you'll come up with all kinds of people over 14 years of audio podcasts. And um, what else? Oh, we we just are back on Facebook, Patrick Timponi on Facebook, but the way I behave, I won't be there much longer. They keep putting me in jail, but you can join us there too. And then all of the different people that we promote, Hydrogen and um, Sir Thrival and Shen Blossom and all these great people, you can look at them on the front page of One Radio Network. So if you have some extra Federal Reserve notes that you would like to uh, trade for some cool things. We think we have some of the best people on this earth plane on all of these different supplements and all nutritional, very high quality, all of them. So I love you all very much. Thank you for joining us with uh, Dr. Lindsay. We'll see you in about half an hour and uh, or later on One Radio Network. May the blessings be. Thanks a lot.
2: We are listener supported. One Radio Network.